On today's episode of the Nifty Nick Show, I'm super excited to have on an NFT collector who has built quite the portfolio. More specifically, Serhito appears to have quite the addiction to Nifty Gateway, where he's collected Murat Pox, Mad Dog Jones, X Copy, Blau, Beeple, Slime Sunday, Greg Mike, and more. This show is all about learning from those with skin in the game in the world of NFTs, and as usual, today's guest is no exception, so let's get started. If you're looking for some crypto, you just found the right spot. We wrap it up, one of a kind, NFT straight to the top. Now don't go trading based on comments, we provide in this show. It's not investment advice, but our picks do tend to blow up. Like a rocket, they say. Many people have compared it to people's every day. So if you're trying to figure out what's going on in this space, please do not worry. Your boy Nifty Nick is hot on the case. Yeah. All right, we are back. Today we have Sergito. Sergito, how, how do you say it? Hi, everyone. In Spanish is Sergito, in English is Sergito. Okay, so I, so I had it right the first time. Welcome yeah. to the show. I really appreciate you coming on today. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So maybe we can kick things off. It would be useful to understand, you know, how you got into NFTs and where this NFT collection habit started. Sure. So, you know, I think like most of the recent NFT collectors um, got involved in crypto last year. Um, I mean, a lot of people got involved way before that, but just for me, it was last year. And then as the the world remained shut down and there was different things to explore within crypto land, one thing led to the next and I found the CryptoPunks and I started looking around and learning a lot from the CryptoPunk Discord channel and um, then I ventured over to Nifty Gateway and as you said, maybe an addiction, <laughs> but here we are three months later. It's been, uh, it's been quite the right. Wow. So, okay. So you started three months ago with the collecting? Yes. Yes. And I think in this space, it's like three years, but it's only been three months. Yeah, I'm not judging you for the short period of time because I think that's when I started this podcast was maybe three months ago, uh, probably in February or March. So yeah, that's when everything started to sort of blow up with NFTs. So I'm sort of curious, like, what do you think about when you're like looking at collecting stuff right now and kind of what initiated you to this? Were you already collecting art before this and you transitioned over or you just, because everything was shut down, you had a lot more time on your hands to pick up a new hobby like what was the transition into this sure so i think the most natural thing was you know i live in a new york city apartment i've been in new york city for 12 years now so there's not a lot of wall space so it's hard to collect anything and i used to collect pokemon cards when i was little and i used to collect aluminum cans and postage stamps and all sorts of trinkets back when i was younger and then you move to to the city and you, you're lucky to maybe be able to put 10 shirts in your closet, let alone collectibles. So when I you know, stumbled on NFTs and I realized that you can collect really good digital art and have as many pieces as you want, either in a digital frame or you know, in the metaverse or your computer or whatever, it just really changed the game for me. And it brought back a lot of those early memories of just finding things that you really like and cherish and safekeeping them for the next generation. So what would be your top three NFTs right now that you have? Well, my CryptoPunk will always be special. It was kind of like what led me down the rabbit hole. Um, it was the weekend of Valentine's and I was sitting on the computer just browsing around and you know, I, I was prompted by the guys in the, and girls and everybody else in the CryptoPunks chat to, to buy one. At the time, the floor punks were 6 ETH. And so... You know, I just picked the cheapest one, 
not really thinking much about it. Actually, I was a little bit worried that it was seemed like a lot of you know dollars for for just a JPEG. And I'm just really grateful that I did that because it was through that involvement that I really started to dive in and understand the significance of the crypto project and also just the significance of, of NFT art. And so that's going to be my number one always. Um, I also have a politics bullshit, bullshit from Beeple that I picked up uh, soon after that. That's, uh, I like that piece a lot because, you know, it's, it's Beeple's Genesis NFT. And there's only a hundred of them. It sounds like a lot, but I think that's one of those pieces that will really hold value, uh, given its uh, historical significance, right? It depicts a bull that's kind of taking a dump and there's dollars flying around and, uh, and Twitter's logo as a bird flying on. And obviously, you know, politics in the U.S. and the world have been sort of bullshit over the last, you know, called decade. So I really like that. Um, it's also a reminder of the massive bull market that we saw in March. Right, that piece traded up to like I think 300 ETH. Somebody uh, traded uh, an edition of it right before the Christie's auction, and so that in today's dollars would be like what 1.2 million dollars. And you know you can buy one of those today probably for 100k on on OpenSea or Nifty Gateway. And then you know my third piece that I would say my top pieces. I, I think it's, it's difficult. Um, I I have a hard time calling like a favorite artist or a favorite piece uh, because the different art that I collect really speaks to the different sides of me, I guess, and different stages of my life. However, I do hold a percentage of a piece called Overpass Night by Mad Dog Jones in a collective that we got named the Mad Pops. And this was a piece that was redeemed through Crash and Burn, which required people to submit five pieces from, from Mad Dog Jones' old collection, um, thoughts and ideas. And redeem them for a one-on-one. So a couple of friends and myself did that and now we hold a overpass night. And, and it's just, it's just, again, it's a very key moment in my NFT life and, and it's a beautiful piece. And obviously my dog Jones is one of the greatest. So I would say that is my top three. So I'm curious, uh, people outside of your collection, I'm, it's easy to connect with people in the NFT community who understand uh, your habit, but how have other people like, as you've shared this, what, what have they said, like your family members, and I, I'm assuming like coworkers and places like that, you probably have uh, shared this habit? Sure. I mean, habit sounds like a drug. And, uh, so sorry. You know, it, <laughs> no, it's fine. But it, it's funny because it is, it is, it's become a habit, right? Like you're, you're constantly looking around for new art. You're constantly doing research on artists. You're constantly getting engaged in the ecosystem. So yeah, it's become, you know, a habit with a positive context. And it's been an interesting ride, you know, seeing people kind of come around and understand why I value my collection and why I'm so involved in it. I think, you know, the more time passes, and again, it's only been a few months, although it feels like, you know, many years. People that are close to me, for example, my wife, you know, at first she thought I was, you know, just found a new hobby and okay, you're having fun, you're happy, you're staying up all night chatting with internet strangers. So now she understands kind of like the value proposition and the ecosystem and how this is, you know, we're going to revolutionize the world beyond art. Uh, NFT technology is going to change everything. And so she's gotten involved now. She's got a crypto punk now. And, and, and she's really taking part in, in, in this journey with me. But, you know, people are far removed from forward. Like my mom, man, she lives in Mexico. She, you know, she barely understands Bitcoin. But she understands that on the blockchain, you can now 
proof, provenance, and ownership and why that is important. And so while she doesn't understand the values yet and, and, and the prices, she definitely gets the reasoning behind it. Um, so it's been a, a really nice opportunity for me to use this art and help people understand blockchain a little better. And at the end of the day, that is, you know, one of my goals is to make sure that we on-ramp as many people onto the opportunities that blockchain and crypto bring to the world. And if we can do it with, you know, pretty art or amazing art or just this kind of stuff, I, I think it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, I definitely agree. I'm curious, you know, you have a background in finance, or it sounds like that's what your full-time job is. Are you viewing this as like a trading opportunity? Are you actively like speculating and trading NFTs? Or are you uh, more interested in this in the long haul and just collecting pieces that you're interested in, you know, to pass on to other family members? You know, I've started into crypto because of you know, it's changing the world and economics around it. So yeah, I, I came into it with a finance eye. Same thing with NFTs, right? Like it's it's at the end of the day, NFTs are tokens, and so they tra- they're tradable. They have value. You can find some economics around it. But as soon as I started collecting, um, something else kicked in. I like I said earlier, I think you know, just going back to those years when I was a kid collecting Pokemon cards and trading them. And so that part took over and, and you can see from my collection on OpenSea and Nifty Gateway, you know, it just, it continues to grow. I have sold some pieces along the way, but I don't do it to trade. I mean, I think anybody really trying to trade NFTs is just not, I don't know, it's not the right proposition. It's, oh, there's, the fees are pretty big. Um, it's a very liquid market. If you want to look at it that way, you can get lucky and, you know, kind of flip stuff here and there. But I do it to, to collect and, and really, you know, kind of build a collection, you know, working on a gallery, that kind of stuff. So, so for me, it's more long term, uh, but I have sold pieces along the way. And, and, and the reason mostly is there's a lot of good pieces that just, you know, have very, very low addition uh, numbers. And sometimes the artists, you know, they don't really get paid until these things trade again. Um, so if I get a good deal on a piece and, and the artist is going to make commissions of that, I'm more than happy to, to provide some liquidity in that, in that way and, and let the piece go to, to another collector. But for the most part, I, I hold what I buy. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I think you sort of hit the nail on the head is that it's, it still is a relatively illiquid market. I think it's sort of misleading when you take a look at places like OpenSea or anywhere else or Nifty Gateway for that matter, that it seems like it's super active but is someone holding some of the NFTs outside of people who are trying to lowball you? It's difficult um, to find people, especially at some of the prices that I think you're trading at for some of these. So yeah, it's definitely, it makes sense to be focused on the collection aspect. So I'm curious, you, you said you live in a, a New York City apartment and because you don't have space for this, you have this digital existence for for your collection. Do you have a display or anything like that that you're using to share this art or is it really just uh, being stored on your uh, online profile? So we bought a large Samsung frame TV, you know, it's got doubles as a digital frame and we really enjoy it. We've also bought a couple of smaller digital frames. I think the technology is not there yet. So we're not going, you know, crazy with purchases. We want to 
I don't know if you remember when like 4K TVs came out and they were like $5,000 and you know, two years later, the technology had really improved and the costs had really come down. So we're just kind of like trying to be mindful of the fact that technology just moves so fast and, and waiting for, for I guess, better value on the display front. But we definitely bought a, a Samsung frame, which at the time was you know, kind of like top of the line for digital frames. And, and again, being conscious of the space that we have here in New York, um, doubling up as a TV is just a perfect solution for us. I've definitely thought about it. There's um I'm blanking on the name of it that starts with an I something objects, which you can get for uh, storing infinite objects. Yeah, infinite yes. objects. So we have a few of those. We have a few of those. They we've gotten them as rewards, kind of like the physical reward for buying different NFTs. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we have those. They're just like a little small. Um, that we have them uh, in the living room. They're, they're they don't really showcase the pieces as well as you know a larger digital frame. But it is nice to have them and just you know have the NFTs, obviously the animated ones stand out a little more um, and just having them there. And, and we've gotten reactions from, from people who come visit and they know I'm you know, deep into the NFT world and, and of course immediately recognize it and, and start asking questions about uh, the different pieces that we display on our NFT objects. So I'm curious, uh, you spend most of it, like it appears like your portfolio is almost exclusively on Nifty Gateway. What's the reason for that? Very, very easy. I like holding ETH and on Nifty Gateway, you can use dollars. So not only can you use dollars, you can use your credit card. And obviously if you're smart with your credit card usage, you can accumulate points. And so what I've been doing is looking at it as a way of kind of buying crypto assets, even though the correlation between Nifty Gateway NFTs, and I think just NFTs overall with crypto and ETH um, has really broken down lately uh, due to the ETH rally. But for me, it was a way to to kind of like participate in this ecosystem using you know credit card and getting Amex points and miles. Um, so it's kind of like a, I guess, I, I think of it as a smart way, right? I think of people who spent ETH over the last two months, um, and, I'm, and I'm sure they're happy with their collection. But I think of the fact that I paid dollars for it and, and the dollar value obviously doesn't really move. So that's why I like this gateway. I also kind of have bonded with different people in the ecosystem. I've made friendships and, and relationships with uh, a lot of the artists there, a lot of the other collectors on there. So I just like to kind of, you know, find a place that I can call home. And, and Nifty Gateway has been it for me. Yeah, it really does seem to have an active community, especially in the Discord. It has its own sort of enclosed group, the same way that uh, I think the Larva Labs Discord uh, is its own community as well. I'm wondering, actually, uh, from that standpoint, you have a punk. I'm assuming you minted a Mebit as well? I did. So we uh, we have three punks. Now we have two. So uh, my wife has one as well. We minted three Mebits. To be honest with you, we immediately sold two. I just saw the, I mean, there were floor Mebits and, you know, with 20,000 of them and just seeing how other projects kind of like ramp up on FOMO and then die down. We decided to just keep one for the future, but definitely I cashed out of, of two of them. Um, and that was, in retrospect, I think, smart play for now. Yeah, I, I'm kind of regretting it. I'm sitting on, I only minted one. I'm sitting on my floor Mebit and I'm just like, oh my God, with the ETH rallying, I'm like, okay, I just lost like four grand on, the, on this freaking Mebit. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, 2020 hindsight, right? Like I, 
you know, it could have gone to Penny. You, you never know. You could have gotten like a dissector or a visitor and you'll be sitting on $400,000. So it's just hard to know. Exactly. I think it's so early that, uh, you know, making calculated decisions is probably what's going to pay out over the long term. But it is what it is. So have you been tracking? I know that like, you know, we're actually technically kind of in a, a bear market of the NFT space, especially in... I'd say the fine art side of things outside of a rare ETH, uh, like CryptoPunks, for the most part, things have actually slowed down to a certain degree. Do you have like, are, are there any concerns about that for you? Are you operating the same as you were a month or two ago or have things changed for you as well? I don't I mean, I think, you know, the, obviously the, the pool of capital that's operating in, in the NFT world is limited. And I think that as cryptocurrencies you know, continue to rally, they, they're going to continue to capture attention and capital flows over NFTs. And, and like you said, you're seeing all over the space. That combined with the fact that you know, we had a huge bubble in NFT valuations in March. And that's why it feels like the drawdown is, is quite major. But I think if anything, this last few weeks have taught me that you know being really thoughtful about collecting and really doing work on, on the artists and the pieces and being careful with edition sizes is what's going to pay off in the long run as far as, you know, and by payoff, I mean, you make sure that your collection holds its value, it's significant and beyond monetary, right? Like you want it to be significant as, as an art collection as well. So you want to make sure that you're finding artists that are plugged into the ecosystem, that are finding ways to innovate, that are really using the medium to the best of their advantage. And so, yeah, I think, you know, this bear market per se has reinforced that approach. And if anything, you know, I look at some purchases that I made in March, and I think we all got a little carried away, both, you know, collectors and creators and everybody. Um, and, and I just, you know, I take them as life lessons. Okay, you know, maybe this valuation didn't really make sense, and this is why, and kind of use that uh, as a roadmap into the future. But I think, you know, you collect what you like, and you collect who you like and you build relationships and you try to add value to the ecosystem. And in the long run, I think, you know, we're going to be, we're going to be very fine. Awesome. Yeah. So I want to ask you about, you know, uh, advice as it applies both from the artist side as well as the collector side. But before that, I'm actually curious, sort of how much time are you investing in the NFT side of things? Like, is this an every night sort of thing? What, has this become, has this like absorbed your life or are, are you also like you're able to maintain this existence outside of this? Cause you're, in, you're, you're, yeah. It's, uh, you asking me if I'm still a functioning uh, human being. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, it, I, I don't I would like to think so. I would like to think so. No, listen, I mean the first month, right. You find this amazing new space. You find this amazing new technology and it's got, pretty art, right? Like it was very, very captivating. Also, the weather was still pretty shitty here in uh, New York in the early February. Everything was closed. So there's nothing you can do except you know, spend time at home. And yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I think my sleeping you know, schedule like, went down by 50% over those first few weeks. And it was great. I loved it. Um, but yeah, I also took a step back uh, recently and said, okay, well, you can't be just sleeping three nights a week. and, and continue to do your job and everything else. So I've just been, again, like I said on the previous question, just more selective. I've been trying to be more efficient. 
And you know, now that I also I think I know the ecosystem a little better, it not doesn't require that much time as it does at the beginning. And so yeah, uh, you know, it's it's also become who I am online at least. So it's not hard to just follow certain narratives without having to be plugged in twenty four seven like it was at the beginning. But I also miss having you know. Staying up all night researching new artists and stuff because that was again like going back to Pokemon cards and and, and all this other stuff. I think that's like half the fun. Yeah, I agree. And uh, discovering new artists and uh, just talented creators in general uh, is always entertaining. From that standpoint, you know your portfolio is collected from what I would call a lot of like blue chip NFT artists. At least a lot of them. Are there any that stand out to you? And this is sort of a two-part question. One has to do with like advice or sort of from the advice standpoint, are there any artists that stood out to you that, you know, were not sort of known entities beforehand? And what did they do in order to like capture your attention? Sure. So I think this is relevant because Nest Graphics is dropping on Nifty Gateway this week Mm -hmm. on Thursday. And uh, his pieces on Maker's Place caught my attention as I was, you know, browsing the ecosystem and, and kind of like doing work. Something that I did early on was kind of same thing, find other collectors who had similar taste and just go through their portfolios and see, you know, which artists they were following and what pieces they were collecting. And I saw a handful of Alex's pieces on, on Maker's Place and I was just captivated. Um, you know, his, his work, it's just, very, very good. And, and, and it reminds me of you know, when I first got my first computer and I'm not good at computers at all. Right. So I've always wanted, like in my mind, like, you know, little eight year old Sergio uh, back in Mexico always wish he could like code and do all these things with computers. And I never could, like, I never even got past like you know, making like anything on MS Paint. <laughs> but um, his work is, 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 is like, it reminds me of that. And the detail on it is so good. There's so many Easter eggs. That's always appealing to me. But if you take a look at all his pieces through through his collection, um, they're just they're just I don't know. There's something else. It's like a whole new category. And so I had you know kind of kept my eye on him, and then I saw he was doing a drop with ABB Gallery uh, on Nifty Gateway. So he wasn't named as the main artist because there was other you know, twenty artists. But as soon as those pieces hit the secondary market, I, I jumped on it. And so I own this piece called Home Base. And um, reached out to him afterwards, and and you know, kind of like started developing a relationship. And now in his Discord channel, he's built a really nice group of collectors, and everybody you know has been really really excited for this drop coming up. He's taken a lot a lot of feedback from the community, which is amazing, right? Because we're all working together to make sure that the ecosystem is healthy. And I think having that two way communication is it's important. And yeah, so the art speaks for itself. Um, he's a, just a really great person. He's open to feedback. He actually is actively reaching feedback. And um, I think that combination of factors is what, you know, really makes him stand out. And you can see even through this bear market on Nifty Gateway, this piece home base. I mean, I don't think you can find it for under like 12000 Yeah, the last sale was $15,000. It was a piece that dropped for $1,500. And let's see the floor on it right now is, yeah, $15,000. So, you know, I think that just speaks volumes as to the quality of the work, the quality of the person, and, and just the community of collectors that he's been able to build. 
Yeah, I'm actually hoping I I would I was gonna have it, it was you or him tonight actually to be completely honest, uh, and he, he was open uh, tonight. But I think I'm gonna have him on uh, next week now, and and I'm really excited about it. His work is absolutely incredible, and it kind of reminds me some of uh, some of Mad Dog Jones's style. They have I don't know why, but it it, it has similarities. But his really stands out. So yeah, I agree with that. In terms of uh, collectors. If there was something that you were like, if there were any tips or anything else like that, that you think would be helpful as people navigate the space, is there anything that you've learned through this process that you think uh, has given you an edge? Yes. I think, you know, first and foremost, this piece is, you know, even if they're just inexpensive, it's still money. It's still money that you are, you know, it, it still has an opportunity cost, that money that you use to collect NFTs whether at the $20 level or the $20,000 level, you know, it will have an opportunity cost. And, and given how illiquid the market is and given how much it moves both up and down, one thing that's given peace of mind versus other collectors that, you know, are also starting up and, and really got excited about the space early on, but maybe didn't manage themselves well. You know, I, I, I'm very lucky that the money that I put to work in NFTs is money that, you know, I've, kind of like written off in a way, right? Like it, this this can all go to zero and I will be very, very happy with my NFT collection. I mean, I hope it doesn't go to zero. Don't get me wrong. But when you have the ability to to stomach the moves, especially to the downside, it just makes, gives you more room to appreciate the art that you're collecting. And, and, and it takes away from like the worry about like, oh my God, this is going to go to zero. I can't afford to lose, you know, this $300 or this whatever amount of money. And, 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 you know, I've seen people like, you know, go from just complete love to absolute hate because, you know, they, they lost money. And, and that's not what this space should be about. Space should be about the art. Space should be about the technology behind it, the mechanics that you can do. And, and, and so, yeah, if you can find a way to take the money component out, and, and, and you do that by you know, really being thoughtful as to how much money you want to put in and, uh, and, and, and knowing that, you know, you could theoretically, you know, lose everything as far as the monetary value goes. And so, you know, buy what you like, buy what you're okay with, you know, holding forever and never being able to sell. Hey, if a piece goes from a thousand dollars to $40,000 and you sell it and you make the profit, amazing. Congrats. But the reality is, you know, it's uh, it's like going to a like a retailer and buying a jacket that you like, and then you know trying to sell it on eBay. Like, you know, you're gonna sell it for fifteen percent of what you paid for it. So I really hope you enjoy the jacket and you wear it out a lot, and it fits you well. Um, I I see NFTs kind of like in that same light, and so you know if they move lower for me. It's like yeah, it's a bummer. Nobody wants to feel like oh I spent you know three hundred dollars for this piece and now it's a hundred dollars. But at the end of the day, I also don't feel like pressure to be like, oh my God, I got to sell everything because, you know, I'm losing so much money. And, and it allows you to appreciate things better, I think. So that we, I think the biggest thing, you know, I think it boils down to only put in what you can actually afford to lose. And, and in that same light, you know, buy what you like because, you know, you have it and hopefully you want to hold it forever. Yeah, that's phenomenal advice. You know, I've caught myself buying something just for the speculative nature, which is sort of a bad habit, I think, and it's pretty common in the crypto space. But the pieces that I end up really liking, I'm like, no, I actually like this piece and I just want to hold on to it. So I don't actually really care what the price is. 
I honestly think that the uh, Bored Ape Yacht Club did a great job with that, just in the sense that like they made these characters that look quite compelling. And so I'm sort of like, all right, cool. I'll just hold on to this and let's go for the ride and see what happens rather than feel this like urgent need to flip this thing before before I lose money on it or something like that. So I think that's great advice. How can people, I want, want to give people the opportunity to ask questions as we wrap up, but one last thing, how can people find you online? Yeah, so I am at Sergito Sergito on Twitter or Sergito hash 001 on Discord. Also at Nifty Gateway, like all the channels, I'm usually on there. But I think Twitter is the easiest way. Um, happy to connect with with everybody. Um, you know, it's been it's been interesting. You know, it's gone from euphoria to kind of like despair and anger and <laughs> seven stages of grief. Both from the collector side and the artist side, I see a lot of artists that are really struggling. You know, to to, to move pieces and there's like this huge debate whether they should reprise given the movie needs or not. So just I think even having a conversation if they're able to, to kind of like hear another perspective and that helps them, you know, make their decisions. I'm happy, happy to have those. Yeah, most definitely. Well, I appreciate you coming on today and uh, thank you for taking the time. Yeah, no, for sure. Thank you for having me. I see uh Ness graphics in the, in the crowd now. Ness, we're just pumping you up, man. We're super <laughs> pumped for Thursday. That's it for this episode of the Nifty Nick podcast. And if you made it this far, make sure to subscribe at thenifty.com. Thanks again.